water. As we know, water is an essential element of life that forms our bodies and and all beings. Scientists say our bodies hold 65 to 70 percent of water. According to the USGS uh, government uh, website, as of June 2016, about 71 percent of Earth's surface is water covered. I wonder how much that's changed with drought. And the oceans hold about 96.5% of all Earth's water. The National Groundwater Association, or the NGWA, informs us on the distribution of Earth's water. We know Earth as our blue planet. 71% of the Earth's surface is covered. Water also exists below land surface, and we can't see that. We sometimes can hear it. As water vapor enters the air, it influences dew drops down into the earth. They say water is a finite source. Bottled water that's consumed today might possibly be the same water. Cyrus, you might be interested in this. That water that trickled down the back of a woolly mammoth. How is that possible? The earth is a closed system, meaning that very little matter, including water, ever leaves or enters the atmosphere. Unless we have a meteorite come crashing in. That's happened. Uh, The water that's here from billions of years ago is still here now. The earth cleanses and replenishes the water through the hydraulic cycle. Here's that. Second or third grade science. So I'm thinking about this. The earth is a closed system. So does that mean when I'm up in the high rocky mountains and I cup my hand in the cool river water and I take a sip, am I drinking that same water my grandfather drank? How about my great, 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 great grandmother? She used water to cook with. Am I possibly consuming the water of my ancestors? I know Cyrus wants that water that trickled down the back of the woolly mammoth. That's for sure. Water's been used as a sacrament with rituals and traditions in most religions. Christians believe baptism is a symbol of liberation from the oppression of sin and that separates them from their God. In Judaism, ritual washing is intended to restore or maintain the state of ritual purity in its origins that can be found in the Torah. In Hinduism, water has a very special place and is believed to have spiritually cleansing powers as hundreds of people enter the Gangs River and wash themselves clean. How can that river continue to wash them clean? How do they not get sick? This is what I'm thinking. How is that possible? They believe that that water relates to their physical cleanliness and spiritual well-being. They enter the water together in joy and love for each other. And this is a community 
thing. And they don't get sick. They're very vibrant and well. You know, I started thinking about when I was a little kid, probably about six years old, maybe younger, four, six. When my grandma Tilly came to town, we were Catholic, just as my dad grew up. Otherwise, we were Methodist. So there were four of us kids arranging. My brother was probably about five years older than me, and then my older sister, myself, and my younger sister. And I was the less squirrely of them. I was the most quiet, if you can believe that. I learned quickly how to hold myself in reverence in a Catholic Mass. Now, you know, they're long, and it's definitely not my language. But I learned to understand what the priest was saying. Just through his radiance, his being. Well, when we arrived at the church, it was not that far from my house. We could walk there. And it's been there since I was born, and it's still there. You come in the foyer, and there's in, recessed in the wall is a bowl of water. And my grandma came like, hurry up, come on, let's get there, right? Drag me along. She's very sweet. But when it came to getting her seat in mass, that was very important, so... Come on, kid. Until we stood before that bowl of water, something came over her, which changed her whole attitude and intention. And she reverently held her rosary, which came from a dime store. It was plastic, but it was the best she had. And she dipped her fingers into that water, made the sign of the cross and kissed her her, um, rosary and then invited me to do the same. You know, it took me a while to learn this. But what I remember the most is the water was cool to the touch. And I had to reach up to get in there. My grandma wasn't much taller than me (laughs) at that time, very short. So she just had to reach out. I had to reach up. And I remember when I brought that water to my body for that blessing, it smelled like roses. So every time I smell roses, you can imagine I'm remembering that time with my grandma. So then we went in and very quietly took our seats. And I learned the rituals of up and down and kneel and stand. And I kind of liked that. It was like getting more of a workout during Mass than, than um, sitting the whole time. Rod, can we work that out? Yeah, <laughs> get up and down a little more than we do. Um, but, you know, it was all done with reverence. And as soon as I'd wiggle, she'd just look over at me. No punishment. No, Just look at me until I settled down. And I learned to love that time with her. We were in sacred space together. My grandma lived to be 96. She died when I was 12. And when I smell roses, I still remember her. So my grandma taught me water is a symbol of purity, a symbol of holiness. Water is sacred, or more to the point, water can be made sacred or holy. 
with our thoughts and our intentions. It's said that water has memory. Memory of what? Memory of all that is good and holy. Think of that river that the Hindus are coming into. Water can be spoiled by toxic spills, bad pipes, lead, trash, and pollution. And it spoils the drinking water for all beings, not just you and me, but all those that come to the water hole or to the side of the river to get a drink, to nourish themselves, all the grasses and the trees. When oil is spilled into water, it's very hard to clean up because it's not just the water that is soiled. It's everything downstream. We have to be careful how we hold this most holy, precious thing we have. My body's made up of 70% water. Sometimes it feels 90%, but, you know, yeah. But if it has a memory, if water holds a memory, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? I remember it, it triggered a memory of that movie. Um, I know a lot of you know this. What the, what the Bleep? You remember that movie? Going down the rabbit hole? Yeah, some of us watch that over and over and over to kind of get like, what are they talking about? Um, that movie introduced Dr. Masuro Emoto. Dr. Emoto was a water researcher from Japan, known not only for his contributions to the movie, What the Bleep, but he was a scientist, and he wanted to know more about the relationship with water. And he said, water was a blueprint of our reality and that emotional energies or vibrations could change physical structure of water. Now, I take that to mean that it's my intention. It's my meditation. It's my prayer. It's my thought, my intention as to how I'm affecting water or anything around me. So he did this experiment that we did here. He gathered water from a place, maybe his kitchen sink or a river, and he took it and put it in the freezer. And that jar was labeled before. And he had a, another jar of the same water that he labeled Love. And kept repeating that to that jar of water or projecting that intention. And after some time, week or month, closed that water up and put it in the freezer. And then, after that water was good and frozen, he took some sections out of each and looked into a microscope. If you haven't seen those pictures, I have them. You can see them during the social hour. Water that came from the river had some crystals, but not well-formed or vibrant or bright, maybe a little dull. The water that was held in love was sparkling, like the most beautiful snowflake you've ever seen. Gorgeous, 
with crystals. How did that happen? So he went on to experiment um, over and over and over. Put a jar here that says hate on it and a jar here that says love on it and put him in two different places and scream at this one and love this one and then freeze them and see what happens. And then he had people all over the country experimenting with that. And then he had people join hands and stand around ponds and rivers and pray and send their intention. Wow, what happened with that? Cool things. Check the book out. So that's, that's interesting. I started thinking about if I were to get up every day and think about I hate myself, I'm ugly. I don't like being here. I don't belong here. I hate my job. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that whole rut that we sometimes get into. What does that do to my interior, my chemistry of my body? If I get stuck in that mindset, I'm not going to be very healthy. And it doesn't show immediately physically, but it sure does emotionally and spiritually. Just ask my kids. When mom's happy... Everybody's happy. When mom's not happy, yeah, go. Go do your own laundry. And so in that place and thinking about that, I wondered, do we have that much control over our own health and destiny? If I got up every day and said, thank you, I'm grateful, I love myself, I love my family. Oh, here's my dog. Love my dog. And then I go out into the world, come in here this morning, and smile at you and share that love that I woke up with, that gratitude that I was feeling for another day to breathe. I just lost a friend. She doesn't have that day, and I do. And I know that she's happy that I do. And so... When I smile at you, I'm sharing all that warmth with you. Now, if you're in a good mood or somewhat receptive, you'll receive that. And maybe take that inside, hopefully, and share it in the world. If I'm angry, my kids say my eyes turn black. I I don't know. All the brown goes away. They get really dark. And I project that to you. You might think, sheesh, what's up with her? Good gosh, man. She's in a bad mood. And it might put you in a bad mood. And you might go yell at somebody. Just tumbles on and on. And so I would like to commission you. I would like to ask you to think about, is peace important to you? Do you have that forward vision that you set the destiny of your world, the core you? So if that's true, then I claim peace begins with me. And peace begins with you. And so...
together, we can do a lot of good in this world. We can project some beautiful things. And that's what I love about this particular community is that we come together for forward vision, but we never forget where we came from. We never stop looking into the past to think about what can I do better? What questions did I have? Are they answered? If they're not, where do I find the answer? Where do I find peace? I can tell you I find peace in my backyard with my dogs. I hope you have peace too. Thank you.